Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vettabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. And full disclosure, this is our second attempt to record a podcast this week yeah. uh, as we had technical difficulties yesterday. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that, Kenton? It's 110% my fault. Wow. Well, let's say it it's, the, it's the fault of the equipment, not not you necessarily. <laughs> well, um, I had a few. I got a, I got the new Yeti and I was just expl- uh, microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Not an actual yeah. snow monster. The Seattle Yeti, which is the new <laughs> NHL. Ah, we'll be we'll talking talk about, about that. Yeah. In a yeah, we'll talk uh, about that. Um, anyway, so I got the new Yeti. It's a it's a thing of beauty. It's a it's a it's a beautiful Yeti. <laughs> and, uh, I I um and I thought and I so because it was new, I thought I was having problems with the mic. Right? You blame the new piece of equipment, but no, it turns out. And we, and we did the whole podcast, and then at the end, only then did I see that uh, that the audio flatlined. But it didn't show that at the time. But at the end, when I exported it, it flatlined, and uh, it took uh, two. And so we recorded a podcast for an hour for nothing, and then I spent two hours just like with settings. You know what it's like. You go through chords. Maybe the chords loose. Maybe uh, so you go through everything, and then in the end, it appeared to be the fault of the port on my Mac. One of the ports on my Mac, which I've never had a problem with ever. And in fact, I'm using it for my mouse right now because I wrecked the trackpad. That's another story. <laughs> or I didn't wreck it. It just stopped working. I can't use a trackpad. Well, so I'm using the mouse on that. And, and actually, I can use it, but it is just not. It's, it's, I think, it's, to be fair, I think we're actually due for new computers pretty soon. These, are, of course, are, are computers from the from the college. Yeah. Um, and we get a new ones every couple of years. So I think that we probably, I'm sure it's been delayed because of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. But whenever we get, finally get back to campus, uh, they'll probably replace our computers and give us those ones with a fancy uh, touchscreen kind of uh, volume thing on the side. And that doesn't have any, any USB ports. It only has the one type of port, which is so frustrating for our students. Uh, because and us. Uh, yeah, because I have them uh, use. We we just refurbished all our audio suites at the college to be um, to have the USB port, the standard USB. What is this? A A USB A? I don't know what it's called. The I regular one, you. the normal one that you, everybody knows. Um, that we had that. You have to plug that into your computer, which works fine on my laptop because it's an older laptop. But none of the new ones have this correct port, so um, so they have to buy an adapter, like a hundred dollar adapter. And to top that off, you talked about getting a Yeti, uh, which are very good microphones. This year, I am asking students to buy their own microphones to record from home because they will not have access to uh, the edit suites at the college. So we're going to have to talk about, um, I, I gave them some, I, I gave them the Yeti as a recommendation and a couple other ones, like kind of a good, better, best mm-hmm. um, scenario where they can kind of spend what they need to spend on it. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, all that to say, uh, we may be repeating some of our content from yesterday. So we may inadvertently refer back to what we said yesterday. Uh, I'll try and cut it out as much as I can, like throughout the conversation. So it doesn't seem, you know, uh, I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't seem weird, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see how we do here. We're going to try and re- recreate the conversation we had yesterday and talk about the same subject. Well, we'll be better organized now. Maybe. Well, because we, I realized. Already... Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say we we've now kind of had a chance to collect our thoughts on it. Where we usually go in cold with the, this stuff. We usually kind of say, "Okay, here's what we're going to talk about," and then just go and see where it takes us. But we've already know where it's going to take us because we've had the conversation already. But the other thing is, we're not exactly the Joe Rogan podcast here, like three hours of undirected conversation. We always try to go. We try to keep it an hour max, and uh, there was nothing wrong with being a little better organized. So sure. So, so the uh, first thing I brought are. up. 
Yes. Well, let's hope so. Uh, the first thing I brought up yesterday was that I did uh, finish watching the season five of Better Call Saul, which uh, thanks to Chris Schiffman, who gave me the heads up that AMC ran a uh, marathon of it. So I just loaded up my PVR with with episodes of Better Call Saul and watched it. And uh, it was quite good. I was very happy with with the uh, overall the season, although I don't think it was the best season of the series uh, so far. I really liked last season a lot. And I think there was something to be said about that one. So this one was missing a few things, but it was still very good. And and, uh, I think yesterday, and that's why I appreciate this, I think I was a little too hard on Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah? Because I said, well, because I said the finale, I thought, and I do think the finale was a letdown uh, for that season. Um, uh, And in some ways, it seemed like the finale of a different kind of show than Better Call Saul. And I still believe that, but... The other part, the part B of that was I loved the season. That was only my one kind of shaky moment in an otherwise pretty perfect season of, of what's, what Better Call Saul does best, which is the slow burn. And Breaking Bad did the same thing. The slow burn until something violent and crazy happens and sort of seems like we've been heading that way the whole time. Saul's doing the same thing I thought that we were going to see an inescapable conclusion that we didn't see in the final episode. And it does, doesn't make it bad. It just makes it, I just thought it was a missed opportunity. Yeah, I agree. And it, it and we won't talk spoilers here in case anybody hasn't seen it yet. Cause we did yesterday. Uh, but I would say <laughs> that um, I, I do agree with your assessment of the final. And maybe that's why I feel this way about the season, but it could also be that I missed out on not watching it live as it was happening. There's something to be said for watching a show as it airs on TV or just shortly afterwards, week to week, as opposed to binging it, which is what I did. Um, Cause you have time to think about the episode. You have time to kind of, let it sit and, and enjoy it. And then when you come back to it the next week, they always have that little recap last time on Better Call Saul. And they show you the little recap of it. And you don't do any of that stuff when you're binging. You just kind of plow through the whole thing. So I'm going to really uh, make an attempt to watch season six um, live as it's, as it's being aired on AMC. Whenever the hell that happens, who knows now <laughs> when that's going to come out. Um, it, was, it was interesting. It was this... this um, so the marathon was called For Your Consideration, and I don't know if it was made to be an Emmy push or what, but it also featured Bob Odenkirk and the girl who plays Pam, and I don't know her... Um, Kim. Her, Kim, sorry, Kim, yeah. right. Kim Wexler. I don't know her name in real life. Maybe it's Pam. I don't think it is. <laughs> uh, but um, anyway, I had the two of them, and it was definitely shot after the pandemic hit because they were social distancing in the shot. Like, they're sitting on opposite ends of a porch stairs kind of a thing, Far like and the, the, even in one bit, Bob, Bob Odenkirk gets out the measuring tape and puts it on to six feet. Yeah, okay, good. And so there was a lot of funny uh, bits like that, and they had some behind the scenes stuff, which was cool. But again, gave away like this was clearly aimed at people who had already seen it because it gave away some stuff that was coming up that I that I like the explosion that I, I'll just say explosion. There is an explosion in the show. Spoiler alert. No, but but the one that, that happens, I didn't know it, it was going to happen until they showed it ahead of time, which that could have sucked. So maybe that also affected my viewing of it. But still, again, overall, very, very solid season. Um, it was just like, I just kind of miss, like I miss Michael McKean. I miss that character. Uh, his, his, his brother's uh, character who's no longer on the show. And also we're, we're seeing them as they get closer to Breaking Bad. We're seeing more and more Breaking Bad characters come in as we did this season as well. And they're eliminating some of the Better Calls Saul characters. So at some point, we know something's going to happen to Kim because she's not in Breaking Bad. 
Uh, same with, actually, for that matter, same with, what's his name? The, the lawyer guy they don't like. What's his name? Howard. They don't like Howard. Howard, something's going to happen to Howard, maybe? I don't know. That one's not as important because he's kind of a side character, but certainly something's going to happen to Kim. Does she die? Does she leave him? We don't know. We have to wait and see. I think, uh, I think uh, Howard is dead. <laughs> I think, I do. I think he's a dead man, and the way we sort of left it, it's kind of like anything goes. We, we've just seen the start of, of what, well, what yes. can be done to him. Yes, that's right. Actually, in fact, that was a big part of one of the episodes of them kind of talking about things they could do to him. So that's, that's yes. inter interesting. That It seems that they will do something the, uh, yeah. for sure. I like that actor. but And that actor, another actor whose name I don't know. Oh, Patrick Fabian. Okay. I think that's his name. I follow him on Instagram. That's how oh. I know. And he is a delight on Instagram. And by the way, Kim Wexler is played by uh, Rhea Seahorn. Right. And uh, she, does, she that doesn't seem like her name. Her name seems like Kim Wexler to me. <laughs> the actor's well, that's name. Well, that's how you know her. And I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else of note. No. Uh, oh, neither. neither. Same with the actor that plays Howard. So, yeah, everybody is pretty much unique, except for Bob Odenkirk. Everyone in this show is pretty much, and Giancarlo Esposito, of course, mm -hmm. um, plays Gus Fring. So everyone else is kind of like only on Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad. And uh, the other thing I wanted to say, um, as we discussed yesterday, is that after it's all said and done, after season six airs, I will definitely have to go back and rewatch Breaking Bad to kind of put it all into context. And hopefully, and I'm sure it's all going to work very well. Like they've, they're thinking about this stuff. They really are working it all out. Um, and I'm sure that we will see uh, uh, Walter White and Jesse in season six at some point. We have to. I could, and I would love to be fair. I would like to see uh, who are the goofy friends of of Jesse's. Um, Oh shoot! I forget their names. You know, haven't we people. already seen them in Saul? Oh, did we? Oh, yeah. We I think we did. You're right. Didn't he when Saul showed up at the? Uh, uh, he was uh, sh showing up at dodgy places to get clients. Did they Badger? show up? Badger is yeah. the name of the guy, right? Here's Badger. the so here's the thing. I might be confusing this with uh, the El Camino movie. <laughs> <laughs> or 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 the end of Better Call, uh, the end of uh, Breaking Bad, because Saul and those guys had some interactions. Yeah. Um, so I know. So I might be confusing this, and Chris Schiffman will correct me, or you will, will right now. Will. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have you got? Do you, does it say? Uh, no, it says no. Well, it says this guy's saying. I discussed the. This is old. I discussed the possibility of Badger and Skinny Pete appearing in season four of Better Call Saul, um, which I don't think happened. So I don't think they have been in, in Better Call Saul. So I am mixing it up. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I am actually. I think I'm mixing it up with El Camino. Oh well. And again, yeah. I haven't seen. I have not seen El Camino, so I'll have to watch that as well. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm. I've made it clear that El Camino is my least favorite of all Breaking Bad because it's not necessary, because uh, everything. Like, imagine what happened to Jesse. Okay, whatever you just imagined is better than what actually happened. It's more interesting. <laughs> I imagine I imagine that he went on to Need for Speed, <laughs> the movie he made. And then he went on to the future and was in Westworld. <laughs> so, it's, for me, it's all the same guy. Like, Jesse is Jesse Pinkman, and he's the same guy in all his, all his acting roles to I date. Will, so. I'll also say two key characters gained weight in uh, El Camino. And if, if, if we're to believe... <laughs> That this I is, yeah, if we're to believe that this is a, a smooth continuation, man, they did some binge eating before, it before is, they... To be fair, it is tough. It is tough, especially oh, yeah. if like you leave a series, you don't think you're ever going to be playing that character again. Um, in particular, Data from Star Trek, 
uh, you know, he's aged. Like the yeah. actor is aged, and Dane is not supposed to age. But there, we do see him in that in that Picard uh, series, and he looks different. He just looks different than quite uh, a bit different than he does that he did thirty years ago. Of course, go figure. Yeah, anyway. of course, of course, you're gonna look different. And but yesterday, you also uh, mentioned. Um, having Robert Forster in there. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, in Saul. And that is a direct uh, tie-in with El Camino. Not that... And I... Hey, I'm not gonna... There's not any spoiler to be had there to <laughs> say that's not a spoiler. But the probably the biggest benefit from El Camino is the fact that Saul g- uh, got Robert Forster back in the... And they rebuilt the set for the vacuum store... Uh, if it was a set, if it was an actual store, they re-equipped the store, and uh, we got that. So I think if it wasn't for that film, that might have been... Maybe I, that wouldn't have happened. I don't can know. I, can I just say, as a former employee of a vacuum store, I appreciate <laughs> the vacuum content in that, the, like the talk, like the fake conversations they have around vacuums to kind of cover up all the all the misdeeds and everything. I'm like, oh, that's accurate. They're, they're, they know what they're talking about when it comes to vacuums. So Was there misdeeds at the store? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just like that. I like when when we first saw that character in Breaking Bad. I'm like, oh, I like that he's in a vacuum store. I, I yeah. used to I used to work in one of those. So that's anyway. pretty good. Yeah. And, oh, fun. and we also mentioned yesterday the other the other thing that we have to talk about is the flash forward that uh, kicked off this season of Better Call Saul, the most recent season, which I thought was fantastic and really I could have just watched that for another hour. You know? I, I don't know if it's worth comparing. Like, it seemed like it was longer than most of the flash forwards, or are, it are they getting longer as we go? Because in, 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 the, in the beginning, it was very, very short. Like the first yeah. season of Better Call Saul, it's just it just Saul working at a Cinnabon or whatever. It was not very much. There was maybe five minutes, but this one was a good ten or fifteen minutes uh, of uh, of content, like all the stuff he goes through. And uh, yeah, it was excellent. It was really good. And, and you, you, you know. We hope to get, we'll of course get more of that in season six. So we, we not only will we need to get a conclusion as far as what happens to all these extra characters that are not going to be in Breaking Bad, but we also need to get a conclusion to what happens to Saul in present day after Breaking Bad when he's fled and he's working in a Cinnabon in Idaho. Is it Idaho or Ohio or Oklahoma? One of those places. Although it looks like he uh, needed to take some time off to get some business done. Well... <laughs> And we'll see what happens. But, uh, but. What, what I loved about that scene is his concern for, he takes pride in running the Cinnabon. Like, he calls in to make sure that everything's okay, that so-and-so can open the store and all the other stuff. Like, he really does. Even though it's a cover and this, like he's hiding from, from the law and all this stuff, he's still um, kind of, you know, he wants, to, he wants to do a good job at the Cinnabon. You can't take the, the Saul out of the gene. <laughs> you can't <laughs> take the good can't take the good out of the man because he well and there it's he's a hard worker but i also think he is prone to uh ethical lapses as we've seen and i'm not sure he's cured of that no of course in not. the no. future i don't think he <laughs> ever right. will be that's the point of the character yeah yeah but i so. i can't wait to see how that part of the story wraps up and actually some seasons have uh, the flash forward at the end of the season as well. Yes. And we did not get that. No, that, and, another another kind of disappointing end to that season. Yeah. To the season was that as well. There was no kind of flash forward at the end, um, which I was also looking forward to. So yeah, me too. But anyway, uh, that's all. You know, there's our review of, of Better Call Saul. Like three months too late. Sorry, I was not on that. Uh, I do also have. I know you don't watch Preacher, but I do also have season four of Preacher on my PVR. AMC did a. Uh, 
marathon of that, although I think I've missed part of season three of Preacher, so I have to go ahead and go back and see where I left off because I kind of fell off that one. You have to but see what also, he was what he was preaching about. Yeah, in season I can't three. remember. I can't remember what he was <laughs> preaching about. But it's a good show, and there's some great like. It, it reminds me of it. Uh, do you watch Umbrella Academy? Have you ever watched that? I've watched the first season, and the new okay. one's out today. <gasps> no, season no, no, two. Thirty first, July thirty first. Oh, I thought it was today. I believe it's July thirty. Don't tell me I got it wrong, and now I gotta. Now you gotta what? Wait another week? Yeah, I thought it was today. I was like looking forward to well, tonight. Well, if, to, if it's today, then I have I'm nothing else I'm doing today than watching Umbrella Academy. But I was pretty sure it was July 31st. I might be wrong. I might have just been telling myself a tale to make myself happy <laughs> in the pandemic. Season two coming July 31st. Ah, oh, sorry, crap. but crap. Unless, I, <laughs> oh, unless I saw some trailer where they bumped it up or something because of the pandemic. So we should check. It's, I just looked at Netflix. Just oh, now. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. not there? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Life um, is meaningless he, for one more week. Well, it's okay. So that, and all I was going to say, the similarity between Preacher and Umbrella Academy mm-hmm. are the musical numbers. Some great uh, kind of musical scenes. They use music in a really great way in Preacher, and they do it on Umbrella Academy. Um, and I am very much looking forward to next week, to the 31st, to watch season two, because it's been one of my favorite shows of yeah. this year, of last year, rather, uh, is the Umbrella Academy. And I'm reading the comic books as well. I started reading the comic books books i took them out of the library very different uh it's not the, the the basic premise is the same but there's a lot of differences between the comic and the tv show and i think that's a good thing i think yeah. they actually did a better job with the show than than they did with the comic in a lot of ways so yeah looking forward to that yeah uh, for our main topic today we wanted to talk about branding in the era of covid advertising in the era of covid and kind of what's changed over the last few months as far as uh, what the advertising message is for a lot of companies, how that's evolved, and also some some rebranding we're seeing in a lot of different ways, and some new branding as we learned about uh, the Seattle NHL team uh, just yesterday. <laughs> which actually that news broke after we finished recording, so it's good that we're able to kind of jump into it today. How do you um, pronounce the name of the Seattle new Seattle team? Because there's two there's two schools on that. It's the Kraken. Kraken or Kraken? Kraken. Are never you heard sure? Any, I've never heard anybody say Kraken in my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's that famous, and of course, the joke everyone made when they announced it was that Liam Neeson released the Kraken from like, um, it was from Clash of the Titans, the remake of Clash of the Titans. Um, that's the that's the joke. That's the name of the team. It's the Seattle Kraken. Uh, don't love that name. I think it's kind of silly. Um, I like the logo, though. I think they, they kind of made the S look like a like a Kraken a little bit. Like, they may put a little I in it like it's a monster. So, I kind of like the logo, but I'm not thrilled with the name. Well, okay. So, it's the Kraken. I thought we were going to get a repronunciation because it sounds like butt crack. It sounds like... <laughs> well, the- <laughs> not only that, but someone else said they're going to start... They're going to call their arena the Crack House. Yes. Uh, like the crack. I of, thought of that too. Yeah. There's all kinds of things you can do with this. I don't know that they thought this through all the way with this name. It's pretty um, quick. Well, they rolled it, it out. It, it's like, yeah. It, it just seems like, you know, what, what does it have to do with Seattle? Nothing. It's a, it's a fantasy creature <laughs> that, uh, you know, it's like, um, uh, yeah, I guess obviously based on a, on a deep, uh, what's it called? Giant squid. I think that was the basis for those, the, that mm-hmm. mythology was sightings of the giant squid. But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, I guess obviously it's here to stay and we'll, we'll get used to it. We get used to all kinds of silly um, sports team names, but it just seems like a weird one for me. I think there was something else. I think another one was uh, Sockeyes was another another uh, choice they were looking at, like the Seattle Sockeyes. At least it's a fish. At least that's something they do in Seattle. 
right? I don't know. Um, what do you think would have been a better? Do you have any ideas? For, well, for I mean, the one thing I like about the name is it does, and I mentioned this to you yesterday when I texted you, but I think it opens it up sports teams to uh, fantasy creatures uh, right. from sci-fi fantasy. So you could have the Wampas and you could have the uh, Tauntauns. Now, how important, now, how important <laughs> is alliteration in sports names? Because they obviously didn't go that route. The Sockeyes would have been an alliteration, but they went the other way with Kraken. But the other sports team that's been in the news has been the Edmonton uh, CFL franchise, which has changed its name because it's the uh, the actual actual name. I guess I can say it. Eskimos yeah. is a is a offensive to Indigenous peoples who live in northern Canada. Um, so they're they're now and it, there's been a lot of pushback for years on this, but they're they're changing that name. But they still want to keep it an E word. Right, they want yeah. it to be the Edmonton. They're keeping the logo. They're calling themselves the Edmonton E's or something this year, or Edmonton Football Club or whatever they're saying. But they clearly want to keep an E word. So, given that and your statement about the fantasy vibe, how about the Edmonton Elves? <laughs> eh? I was, okay, but uh, I still stand by that it needs to be three syllables as well. So the El, the Edmonton Elvishman. Elvishman. Oh, I like that. That's the best one I've heard. And their logo the could be like, uh, what's his face from from Lord of the Rings? Um, Orlando Bloom's character. Not Gandalf. The, the elf. The elf. What's the guy's name? I don't know his name. I don't know the guys, fictional elf's we're, name. We're idiots. Can't believe uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I, I don't know. Santa's a jolly old elf. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that could be the logo. <laughs> Is it, uh, I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's now in public domain, so they could use it. <laughs> but are you? What are you looking up? The name of the I'm elf. The name of the elf. Yeah, I kind of don't care. Is it Bilbo? <laughs> it's not Bilbo. <laughs> oh my God! What's wrong with me? Uh, will I know this name? I don't even know. I don't even well, know I if I'll know it. It's it's not Boromir. It's like. Oh man, I don't remember. People are screaming. <laughs> people are screaming at their. I know. Things right now. Anyway, it's Orlando Bloom. Yeah, so you're not looking it up, or you I, did? I, I can't find it. It's like Orlando Bloom. You got to get it now. Now it's, now it's too long. <laughs> Legolas. Oh, I actually did know that name. <laughs> Damn it. Legolas. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, that he ran into a sword, and then he was Legolas. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's kind of, yeah. And so we're seeing some, some rebranding for sports teams again. This is actually more in the wake of Black Lives Matter than of COVID-19. Right. Um, so the other one, of course, is the Washington NFL team is rebranding. They've now, now they just call themselves the Washington Football Club. Is that what they're saying? Or uh, I think, was it for now? Team, something like team. that. Yeah. So something they have, an, again, temporary measure, but they're going to yeah. rebrand, completely rebrand, because both the logo and the name were, were offensive to Indigenous peoples. And as well, the Cleveland baseball team is also looking to rebrand, uh, because again, its logo and name are both offensive to Indigenous peoples. So it's good that yeah. these teams are actually making the cha choice to change that. It's funny that they took forever to come around to this like people have been pushing on that for years for those both those two teams and there are still teams that exist that i think are are offensive like atlanta um the atlanta braves i don't think that's really a great name like i don't know what it is with the obsession of, of naming sports teams after indigenous people like i don't get that why did that happen why do you think that's a thing uh well i think it started as you know who you know who are the greatest warriors kind of thing it started as a 
semi-tribute maybe, but then it um, clearly the, I mean, to me, the uh, Cleveland logo is the indigenous version of blackface. It's like the absolute worst logo in sports history. And in Canada, we were far more aware of that early on. You could not, that would not fly here. Um, similarly, Washington's football team's name was is a racial slur. We so that could not fly. I think it's more problematic, and I think we get into the tributary tribute territory when we talk about Chicago, the Blackhawks. Right. I don't know about. I don't know what the what the thinking is on that. Yeah. You, you definitely shouldn't wear a headdress to the game if you are a white person uh, or a non-indigenous. I'm sure people, I'm sure people have done that. Oh, no, they have. And in fact, it's happened in Winnipeg, too. Okay. Um, but uh, once again, it's not necessarily people who know what they're doing, who know that that's not. I mean, Lady Gaga was wearing one. Uh, I guess it's already been about 10 years or something. But uh, <laughs> at a, there was a time when that seemed like it might be okay. So mm-hmm. uh, not everybody gets the memo at the same time. But uh, I think that, that, of course, has to go. Um, and the and the tomahawk chop and all of that garbage yep. uh, from yep. the stands that needs they yeah, the, they uh, need uh, to get rid of that. Chicago yeah. maintains that it's a, it is a tribute to a, um, a first nation from that area from that part of Chicago from Illinois and that it, it is a tribute to that the the um, tradition of that group. Mm-hmm. So they're maintaining it. it's a good thing they're not going to change it. Um, and but the other thing is that here in Canada we've had a number. I can't remember the name of the team. I think anything that that like their name is any team that has the name Chiefs is probably not a good idea. Um, and that's something that I'm trying to think of. There was a reason. A re, I mean, that, to me, that's the name of the team from Slapshot. Uh, Kansas City. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. Oh yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. It's a football team. So there you go. That's another one that I think might not be a great idea. Um, in in uh, close to here where we live in Winnipeg, uh, there's a of course North Dakota is to the south, mm-hmm. and North Dakota actually changed the name and logo of its its college sports team. It was the Fighting Sioux, right? Remember? Mm-hmm. And it was um, and their logo was very similar to the Blackhawks logo, um, but they changed it now. I don't remember what they changed it to. But I also think that what you're seeing is, I mean, any good community relations would take that into consideration. You know, any good public relations person who's doing their job would kind of know that sort of where that stands. And I I would say also Chicago, uh, the onus would be on them to have um, uh, or to do community relations and reach out to uh, people to ensure that that is, you know, that what they're doing is 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 not offensive now i don't i don't pretend to know the answer to that one uh but that's what i would do if i were the pr person as i would do my research i would uh you know i i talk to uh stakeholders in the community and i you know find out i'd find out what the take is on that and probably you know uh doing something as a tribute is one thing but then you also have to have to live by that like you have to you know is everybody on the team white well that's a problem like you sort of have to start looking at that stuff yeah and 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 yeah it is if you if you're going to base your brand on something like that it is your responsibility to educate people and then help anybody who might be associated with that imagery yeah um for sure and uh just check the uh the fighting sioux changed their name to the fighting hawks north dakota fighting hawks they changed their logo to more it looks like a bird um which is much better than than what it was so 
yeah, so it's good that they're all, you know, it's slowly but surely teams are getting the memo, and I think it's just a matter of time before these other teams also change their names. It's, it's, it's stupid to be... People get upset because sports are so popular and they're so... Apparently what happened when Edmonton announced to change a bunch of their old merchandise just flew off the shelves. People bought up the old Eskimos merchandise because I guess it's going to be a rarity now. Um, and of course people are still going to wear their old jerseys and their old stuff to games because you're not going to go out and buy a brand new jersey just because the team changed its name. Um, but uh, yeah, people did go and, and buy that stuff. So, and I'm sure there are people in Edmonton who are upset about it because it's their team and it's tradition and blah, blah, blah. But it's not worth getting upset over, in my opinion. No, and it sort of seemed, I mean, you got to, you know, the answer is blowing in the wind, <laughs> Bob Dylan said. And you got to be completely shut off from the world to kind of go, oh, no, I, oh, boy, this is all about me and me and my team or whatever. Right. Like, like it's, it's a, come on. That's a it's a pretty hard pill to swallow. Uh, by the way, I just thought of this. In, I was watching some uh, baseball highlights this morning. Uh, sports is beginning again, of course, in the in the post COVID world. Um, and so uh, baseball actually believe starts today. Uh, but there was an exhibition game yesterday and it was kind of weird. They had like cardboard cutouts of people behind the catcher. It was kind of weird to see. You have to Why? pay. You have to pay. To get your cardboard cutout. Yes. It's oh a, it's a, my god. Yes, it is garbage. It's a it's a paid <laughs> cardboard promotion. Although maybe you and I should buy a, a oh media nerds media thing. Media nerds do, or yeah. Star Wars nerds and seat it right like right behind the net. <laughs> the cat, that's <laughs> awesome. I don't know. Are they going to do the same thing for hockey? I've I have not seen that anywhere else. If they I've seen if they um, do, Winnipeggers are cheap. So if you and I actually did it, we might be the only ones in that arena. It could be very um, funny. Now, I think that was in Boston they did that. I don't know the name. It was the it was the Boston game. I don't know if that was at Wrigley Field or sorry, not Wrigley Field. Um what's the Boston Fenway. one? Fenway Park. Is, Fen uh, is Fenway but, Park still an ongoing it's called it's, it doesn't have a brand name attached to it at this point. I, I believe so, yeah. <laughs> I believe that's and, and I mean that's yeah. that's that one and, and to be fair, Wrigley Field it does have a brand attached to it, but I think it's you know it's always going to be Wrigley Field. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. I thought the Sears Tower would always be the Sears Tower, but that didn't happen. What did you think? By, by the way, I don't think we've ever talked about this. When the Winnipeg Jets came back, when we got our NHL team back in 2011, we had we were not podcasting yet mm -hmm. uh, when this happened, and they announced that the team was going to be called the Jets. What was your initial reaction to that? Did you think that was going to be a good idea? Uh, I I actually uh, did an interview with CTV that day. Okay. Um, and they said. Uh, Give us your predictions. It was Sheila North who was working at CTV ah. then. She said, give us your predictions. And I was like, number one prediction, they will be called the Winnipeg Jets. And I was like, <laughs> and I can't remember, my number two prediction was also right. And then my third prediction was wrong, where I said, and Timu Solani will take to the ice wearing a Winnipeg Jets jersey. Yeah, he was, was still my, playing at that time. Yeah. He, could, he could have signed with Winnipeg for his final season. And a lot of people yeah. wanted him to do that, but he didn't. Whatever the so. two for I don't remember my second prediction, but I remember it was right. I was right two out of three, um, but not on that. But it turned out later that the Jets did offer Timu a contract. There was like oh. there were talks it could have happened, but it didn't. But okay. I I uh, it's my understanding uh, I have a mole at a local ad agency who told me the other name that the Winnipeg Jets were considering was the Polar Bears. The Manitoba Polar Bears at, at that. Oh. It was not even, so it was not even going to be the Winnipeg team. It was going to be the Manitoba team. Um, and I guess they hashed that out. But I thought there's no way. You can't, you can't have 
well, how many years was it? 20 years without a team? You 15. can't 15. You can't have yeah. 15 years of pent up, bring back the Jets, and then go, well, we got something kind of like that. We call the polar bears. <laughs> That's right. Um. It's just a, it's just a tougher. I, I like I just couldn't imagine. There's so much goodwill in this yeah. city uh, built up for the name, the Winnipeg Jets. I was like, there's no way it'd be the worst branding move i think to go the other way i but- was not i i didn't understand really the the nature of it i i thought and it is true that the winnipeg jets name and logo like the old name and logo were actually the property of the phoenix franchise mm-hmm. because that franchise moved to phoenix so they must have had permission i didn't think they would do this but they did get permission to use that name and they also ultimately i guess licensed the logo and everything because they sell like older logo jerseys and stuff like that so now it's all all in one thing but still all the records that went with would like those team Solani records that went to phoenix are still there there those are still hanging in the rafters in in arizona um and well we've had to kind of build our own since the jets came back i just was wondering about that i thought it was kind of a curious thing i i remember being surprised at it though i didn't think that was going to happen i really yeah. didn't i think they were going to be something else yeah, I mean, it, definitely there was an argument to be made. And, and of course, any team would weigh different options in that scenario. But, uh, you know, we could have been the Winnipeg Kraken at that point. <laughs> it wasn't taken. It wasn't taken at that point. We could have done it. I know. Too late now. Oh, well. Some other I'm... fictional beast, maybe, in the future. <laughs> the Winnipeg Wombats. What did you say? What did you say? You like Winnipeg? the alliteration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winnipeg Wendigos. Oh, there we go. Oh yeah, the Wendigo. Oh, I like that. But yeah, that's a, that's very that's good. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like I like the ones that are just like too that are very dumb, like the Winnipeg Winners or something <laughs> like that. Like we always win. Like that's a mm. that's a good way to get fans to hate you. Yeah, because no then you lose a game and they're like, I thought you were the winners. <laughs> it's like a lifetime of we thought you were the winners. It's that time of year again. <laughs> time for one of Winnipeg's longest standing traditions, Sparky Night. Saturday, January 17th, meet the cast of fame. The Edmonton Eskimos come to town to tackle the Bombers on ice yet. And of course, everybody's favorite use for a pie. We're talking about the lowest priced, best night of family entertainment of the year, Sparky Night. 35th anniversary show, Saturday, January 17th. Proceeds to the Society for Manitobans with Disabilities. Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, and kind of rebranding uh, in the age of Black Lives Matter because those two brands, among others, are seen to be kind of a racist image of, of black people. Yeah, we almost we sort of talked this out almost with the football discussion, but uh, some, some similar similar thing that uh, brands that, uh, with uh, questionable pasts or outright racist pasts are uh, reevaluating and i think probably everybody knows aunt jemima and uncle ben and i mentioned yesterday i heard a podcast that said aunt jemima is more problematic than uncle ben because uncle ben was a real guy who apparently was known for making this rice and he licensed his name and likeness apparently to um to the brand but i don't know and i mentioned yesterday i do not know if uncle um by itself if that's what he was known as, or that was the moniker that the company gave him, uh, if the company just gave him that moniker, there, there's a, they, you know, there's a good reason to get rid of it. Um, uh, at the same time this week, and the one that sort of most people kind of missed was Trader Joe's has a whole line of products that are, I guess, international food and stuff. And so they had Trader Ming's and Trader. Geraldo or whatever it was. I can't remember. What, do you remember what it was for Italy? 
Oh, was, uh, Gi- Giuseppe or don't? No, yeah, something uh, like G- that. G- uh, Giordano. I don't remember. No, we had we had it. It's something. Trader G- G- Giovanni. Giovanni. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so they have all those. We're laughing, but it's so ridiculous that they've. Uh, yeah. So, that, that's so they're getting rid of all that. They're saying they're phasing that out. And then the other one that sort of uh, somewhat related to this was the Goya beans controversy, where the owner uh, uh, expressed showed up at the White House and said nice things about Trump and and we don't like anybody that does that. <laughs> so and then uh, Ivanka posed with the Goya beans and uh, yesterday Chelsea Handler uh, posed with the Goya with a different brand of beans and said you don't have to buy Goya. So kind of this branding wars uh, based on things like that. I'm just looking up Uncle Ben's. I just figured we actually Oh, are you going to yeah, are you going to So find so it? What happened was now it's weird because the um, the process by which Uncle Ben's rice is made, a form of parboiling designed to retain more of the nutrients, uh, was invented by a German scientist, um, and then it was purchased by the Mars Food Company in 1932. The branding Uncle Ben's didn't begin until 1946, right. um, which is said to have been based on the maitre d' um, named Frank Brown. Um, according to Mars, Uncle Ben was an African-American rice grower known for the quality of his rice. Uh, and that was it. Um, it doesn't say anything about him being paid for his likeness or anything like that. So I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but his name then, isn't Ben. No? No, it's not. No, it's Frank Brown. Like So, say, okay, so already we have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, what happened? How? Where did that name come from? And my guess is... Um, you know, probably from some racist people who wanted to uh, <laughs> rebrand the what they had. But they said know. that, yeah, then this year, in June of this year, they they announced they're evolving the brand's identity, including the logo. Yeah. Um, because now here, case okay, so now here, this is from the Uncle Ben's website. This is from the Wayback Machine in 2006. Our namesake, our namesake, Uncle Ben, was an African-American rice grower who harvested his rice with such care that he reaped honors for the full kernel of yields and quality. This sounds like it's bullshit. It's a, it's a made-up story. The guy who makes quality rice is made up? That, that part's yeah. true, but the part about him being called Uncle Ben is not true. Yeah, but they've got a photo here. Like, I, I wonder, like, we should do an episode of bullshit branding. I think that there's something to be said. Another example of that is Monopoly. Um, and we've, I don't know if we talked about how Monopoly was actually invented by a woman. Did you did you know this? Have we talked about this before? No. Oh, I heard it on the, um, uh, what was it, the dollop. Uh, podcast. They talked about this a while ago, and and the woman who invented, who really invented the monopoly, was a woman who invented it as a game to show the uh, evils of capitalism. Uh, and it, it it was like it did not celebrate capitalism as the current version does, but the it was basically modified and adapted. And it was one of those games that you know those games that everyone kind of makes up their own version of. Um, I've I've played tons of games that like people just kind of make up and and just pass down. And so it got passed down and passed down and modified so much. It was the basic concept was the same, that concept of the properties and, and gathering the properties. But um, then it was uh, someone, I can't remember the name of the guy who's, who's, who's said to actually have invented Monopoly, but he stole that idea from somebody else. Um, so anyway, the whole thing says Monopoly's made up this mythology about the creator of that game, or Parker Brothers has rather. And they recently released uh, a female Monopoly <laughs> Woman's Monopoly, I don't know what it's called, um, in which the character, instead of having the old man with a monocle, it's got a, a woman 
And then every card has like a stat about a different woman entrepreneur and, and blah, blah, blah. And it's supposed to celebrate, you know, women in business. But in fact, it's a very ironic because they, they ended up stealing the idea for that game from a woman who didn't get, who did get, didn't get paid anything for it. So interesting, uh, interesting story there. But yeah, I think there's an interesting, like, it, like, is it okay to make up a story about a brand? I guess it is. I mean, you're not like, you know. It's not. It's not like um, criminal court or anything like that. You're not going to jail for it, but to create like a fake person for a brand. Um, no, I mean that's what a brand mascot is. It's like yeah, I guess the Pillsbury Doughboy. Ronald McDonald yeah. is not a real person, right? Right. Okay. And either is Grimace. Um, I, I'd love to throw that Pillsbury Doughboy into the oven though and just uh, <laughs> bite his head right off. It looks very tasty. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, actually, I've got some of those croissants in my fridge. Oh, those are those. good croissants. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we talked about last yesterday that I, I want to mention again is the uh, the rebranding of the Splash Mountain ride oh, yeah. at Disney World and Disneyland. And and I said this when I went to Disney World and we went on that ride. I was so shocked to learn that that ride was actually themed after Song of the South, which is a widely known. I don't know how widely known it is actually, but anybody who knows what Song of the South is knows that it is it is depict African Americans in a racist way. It's pretty notorious. Um, it's notorious. Yeah, it's, it's, it comes up a much, lot. Yeah. I know, but but among among cinephiles and Disney people, but not so much about you know, the greater public might not know about it because Disney's kind of kept it under wraps for years. Like they have not released it. Uh, we talked about how you saw it in the theater. Yeah, right? on a re-release, on a subsequent re-release. I don't know how old I would have been. Probably no older than five. So sometime that, in the seventies, so early seventies. It might have been re-released into theaters then. And all I and I said all I remember really um, were the songs and. Um, cartoons drawn on top of live action right and yeah. um and this the story is i don't remember the specific story but it's about the the racist stereotypes were about the guy who tells the story i believe the 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 african-american man who tells the story and all the cartoon characters are like brer rabbit brer like they all had brer in front of it and so the ride itself was actually um there was no the, that that uh African-American character is not in the ride. It's all the cartoon animals, and they're just basically singing. So it's just a bunch of cartoon animals in the forest singing zippity-doo-dah, different songs like that from the from the movie. But um, the idea that the, you know this ride has been, until 2020, themed after this movie just kind of blew my mind. But Disney announced last month that they are going to be re-theming that to uh, be more in line with The Princess and the Frog, which I think is a much better choice. That is, of course, the... The one Disney movie that has a black Disney princess. Um, actually, I don't think I've ever seen The Princess and the Frog. Have you seen that one? I don't think so. No, I have not seen it. So, But uh, but it's also got very similar. It takes place in the Louisiana swamp. And there's a lot of similar kind of, um, um, you know, it's, a southern, it's still southern. Uh, there's lots of similar settings there. So I don't think they have to do a ton to change that, that ride. And basically, the, the, I mean, the real point of the ride is just to go down a log slide. That's the whole thing. You do that twice and that's the ride. But... You know, if you go to Disney World or Disneyland, you just see almost every ride has these animatronics going through it, so you get some other kind of an experience as you as you go on it. In these uncertain times, times can be a little uncertain. And when times are uncertain, it's not always certain what time it is. That's why we at the Sandwich with the Pretty Big Pickle in It Corporation want to say that we're here for you. Which, if I understand correctly, is now the socially acceptable way to say, please don't stop giving us your money. I've been told by my PR team that big corporations can't make normal commercials anymore. So, you know, here we are. As far as advertising in general in the COVID-19 times, 
Um, I wanted to mention this because I've noticed a trend, and you've noticed it too, I'm sure. When this all began, what did the advertising look like uh, for companies? Uh, there was no masks on anyone. <laughs> well, that was true. Actually, that's true. And you were seeing that now. Yeah. But um, but what I was thinking of is like it was very much a um, and I'll I'll use the audio. There's a there's a YouTuber that I follow named Ryan George mm -hmm. who put together this really funny parody of here's what an ad looks like in COVID times. And it was like we have some soft music building toward building towards inspirational music. We are going to support you. We're all in this together. Uh, and then it was, it was like, I mean, for me, the one I, that sticks out is Toyota. Toyota cares. Toyota is the, the brand that is going to be there for you no matter what. And there was a lot of that kind of stuff. A lot of big brands were advertising, you know, thank you to our frontline workers, da, 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 and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, now, it's, the tone has shifted a bit. Um, and the, so these were all very serious ads. But it's shifted into being a little more tongue-in-cheek. We can have a little more fun with it. Um, the one I'm thinking of was the... Um, the uh, for here it's for Bell MTS here in Manitoba, but I think it's probably one that's used across Canada in different brands, and it's the one where the woman is trying to find a spot to uh, do her Zoom call and for work, and she can't because either the kids are barging in or her husband's walking around in his underwear, and she has to. It's basically an ad saying you can go anywhere in your house and get strong Wi-Fi because it's you know whole whole home internet or whatever. And then you said you, there was one that was similar to that from uh, Apple. Yeah, and I should have watched it again. Um, but it's, yeah, it's like, it's actually a string of ads that all tell one story. I'm mm -hmm. sure it's not hard to find online, but it's good. I, I thought it. it was quite good. Yeah. So, so we're seeing that kind of stuff. And then, uh, the other one I sent to you was the Durex ad, which shows, uh, two things It says, uh, protect your family or protect yourself or something like that. And it shows for going out and it shows a picture of a mask, like a face mask. You have to protect yourself and then going in and it shows a condom. So, and so it's funny, right? So they're they're being able to take kind of, even though it's still a very serious issue in the U.S. and lots of other parts of the world. Um, certainly here in Canada, we've we've kind of we've flattened the curve enough that people can kind of laugh at, um, at kind of some of these ideas of uh, these. And there's also a lot, of course, of we're opening up the country again. You see lots like this ad. I don't even know what it was for, where we see like storefronts opening up and the the sign flipping to close to open. And welcome back and all that other stuff. So that's another trend that we're seeing quite common, commonly in, uh, in advertising these days. Well, the old saying is you don't sell soap, you sell hope. And, and so everybody's <laughs> selling hope, but some people are feeling hopeless. So it's hard to sell hope when people are feeling hopeless. Um, if it works, then that's great. But if it doesn't work, then you can lo end up looking like an idiot. I, I think, uh, to be fair, I think the this pandemic has been a good thing for the advertising industry um, because everything like at one point, everything was shut down pretty much everything except for grocery stores or whatever the essential services were. But now things are opening up again and people are not sure what is open and what is not. So an advertising provides a good opportunity to let people know, Hey, I'm open again. And I've noticed a big trend on uh, radio, the radio station where I work. That's a, like a lot of the ads that are running now are all like we're back open we're providing service for you uh appointment only or whatever we're maintaining social distancing all that messaging is something that's happening uh quite common so i think it's, it was a good opportunity for the salespeople at cgob to to get out there and say hey you should advertise that you're open again because people don't know or so. at, yeah and really anywhere you need to get your message out although social media is good for that as well of course although social media ads aren't as believable as well, and there's a, there was a big boycott of Facebook last yeah. month. Did that still go through? Is that still happening? Yeah, um, it's well, a, a whole bunch. I mean, I think Coca-Cola just suspended advertising for 30 days to see what would happen. 
And so we're coming toward, I guess, the end of that. But yeah, I think it's still it's still an issue for Facebook. I, I'd be really interested to, to like see if their sales were not affected at all. <laughs> so they drop all Facebook. Like it's not good for, for Facebook at all to have yeah. people doing this. No. Because they're just going to learn that it's not working as well as I thought it was basically. Well, Facebook drives everybody nuts. I, had a, I got a survey from Facebook uh, last week. Uh, it said only a small group of people are getting this survey to try to make you feel special. Really? And I, so I was, yeah, so I was like, okay, so let's see this. And it was actually about all that stuff. It was about all the privacy, all the ads, all the, so I, I did the whole survey. Um, and I basically said, whatever, I, I just post jobs there once a week. That's all I do. <laughs> um, and today, today I actually had to post something. I'm part of a Facebook group called Corden Osborne Community Voice. Yes. And I needed to post something there. And I was like, I can't have my goofy, I can't have my, I had the GoDaddy for my yeah. face. And I was like, yeah. I've had it there forever. But I was like, it makes me look like a, a boob if I have to post something serious. <laughs> so I was like, I so, I gotta, so I was like, I got to change my profile. So I changed it back to my face. And now I'm getting likes on my stupid face. And I'm just like, and I was like, how do I shut this off? And I couldn't actually, oh, like, man. you used to be able to find the thing that says you're, you've updated it and then make it private. Yeah, I couldn't true. find it anymore. No, I, and I it's... Yeah, they, they hit it so that I was just like, okay, I'm going to suck it up for a day. I'm going to suck this crap up. But, well, but... I, I should say that I noticed that, but I yeah. had already liked that photo years yeah. ago. So It's two years old. <laughs> My photo is two years old. Like, like, let's move on. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> That's the last I thing almost, I want to do, in fact, almost, is talk about it. I've learned that in the last few weeks, of course, I have a cat. We talked about it already yeah. on the podcast. And I've noticed that anything that I post that includes my cat is super popular. People love seeing pictures of the cat. Um, so that's just going to be my my new thing now is just posting photos of my cat. I almost changed my profile picture. I had a picture of the cat on my shoulder, and I was like, we were all both kind of looking off to the distance, but I just, I'm like, ah, I'm not going to do that. That changed sounds my funny. profile picture. Yeah, it is. It is funny, but anyway. Hey, hi, what is going on? Check this out. I'm I'm a cat. You you think you're a cat. That's that's what's happening right now. I'm a freaking cat. Look at the ears. Don't I don't I look like a cat? No, actually, I can completely tell you're a human. No, I know, but I'm, I'm trying to capture like the essence of a cat. Okay. Why? Are we ready for recommendations? Oh yeah, we are. Okay. Holy yeah. shit. We already uh, How about that? We covered 50 minutes of uh of what we took 50 minutes yesterday to do this dude. It was the exact same amount of time. Awesome. All right. So what <laughs> so do you much have? for are being you, better now, organized. Here's, here's the question. Are you going to recommend the same thing you recommended yesterday? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. All right. But I'll be faster at it. Well, I don't have to be fast. Because tell, tell, the audience didn't hear it the first time. Yeah, but I'm still going to be faster because now, <laughs> now I know exactly what I want to say. I am playing a Parasite and Parasite 2 on the Xbox. And uh, they have both been released as uh, a package deal. And I got mine at GameStop where a guy told me he loves them. And I wanted open world and fast paced and uh, and uh, just good, clean, open world fun. And that's what these games are. Um, prototype looks a little dated. It's I think it's from the same from the same era as that Spider-Man game. Okay, wait, wait, wait. You said you said Parasite the first time. Oh, Prototype, I meant. Sorry, did okay, I say Parasite? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. It a... could be called Parasite, but uh, no, no, sorry. Oh, I just read the article on the movie Parasites being re-released in black and white. Did you see that? Oh, Oh no, I didn't see that. Yeah, That's okay. So prototype. Oh god. Um, and so <laughs> prototype one and two. The first one's dated. The second one is not as dated, and I'm ha I'm quite enjoying playing that right now. 
But primarily, I recommended it because you're running from infected people. Ooh, what does that sound like? like? Just like real life. And you're consuming <laughs> evil scientists. Can you get angry people in a Walmart parking lot for not wearing their masks? You can do that. You can pretend. And you can also, um, uh, in the game, it also occurred to me that basically you're playing Venom. I just realized. it's oh. You're Venom. You're, you can consume things and become them. It doesn't, it's not literally Venom, but it's definitely Venom-inspired. Oh, okay, yes. but like Venom the movie or Venom the comic book or well, either or? For the purposes of lawsuits, it's not at all inspired by Venom. But for the purpose <laughs> of when you play the game, the first thing that I thought was like, oh, it's Venom. And then when you're playing it, you're like definitely you're consuming things and you can read people's thoughts when you consume them. And it's, okay. it's basically Venom. Yeah, but it's yeah, fun. I, it's I fun. Mean, that made me think of the movie Upgrade, which everyone's anyone who's seen Upgrade knows that it's it's what Venom should have been. Um, because it's a very similar premise. It's a movie about a guy who gets this upgrade implanted in his head, mm-hmm. and it's like an AI in his head, and it, so it talks to him much the same way Venom talks oh. to uh, Eddie Brock in the movie, and it makes him stronger and doesn't gives him all these yeah. abilities and all this other stuff. So, but it, it's much more um, gory, and it's an R-rated movie as opposed to Venom, which wasn't. Um, anyway, that's that kind of made me think of that. I have a question for you. You do enjoy uh, open world games quite a bit. You played a lot of open world games. What what is about that genre of game that you enjoy so much? I like the ability to just wander around and do your thing and whatever you feel like doing. Like Mad Max, I just like driving the car around. Now that I finished the game, and it gets better. Like as you get the upgrades, everything as everybody knows, when you play a game and you get upgrades, your character, the car, whatever it is you're doing, gets better and better and better. And I like a good open world game because once you're fully upgraded, you can then like go to town as opposed to you're fully upgraded and the game ends. Which drives me nuts yeah. when that happens. So well, so yeah, so so that's why that's why I like it. I like just the ability to sort of explore and do your own thing. Recently, there was a PS5, PlayStation 5 announcement where they kind of revealed the console and what it looked like. And one of the things they mentioned in that announcement was that um, there's going to be a PlayStation 5 version of Grand Theft Auto 5, mm-hmm. which is now a game that's almost like 10 years old. A game is maybe eight years old. Something like that. Something like that. 2013 or something. 2012, 2013. Uh, you finished Grand Theft Auto 5. Yeah. You 100%ed it. I did. Um, uh, and so they're saying that people who buy it uh, there's a promotion where you get access to the online aspect for free and you get like a million dollars a month or something like that in Grand Theft Auto <laughs> money. But would that be something that would be valuable to you as somebody who's finished the game? Is there any replayability there for that kind of stuff? No, I mean, basically every Grand Theft Auto is replayable because it is an open world and you can and usually you're rewarded at the very end with uh, a jet fighter. Like there's a parachutes, jet I mean, fighters, all of that crap, and you yeah. and you bomb everybody. You fly around, and you just and there's aliens in some of the Grand Theft Autos as well. I should mention, and so sometimes you even get an alien spacecraft thrown in for good measure, and so you just kind of screw around when the game's over. You go to the yeah. highest mountain peak and jump off, and all of the, you do all the stuff that you kind of don't get around to. Um, I just I, and when I was talking about this on a different podcast, they said it's more aimed at the people who have not played Grand Theft Auto, who have not really gotten in, into it, and want to get them yeah. kind of interested in it. I just thought it was surprising that they're they're starting that that was the first game they announced in that announcement. It was like, why are we starting with a game that's so old? Uh, but the other open world game, and I will get to my recommendation in a second. I just kind of just brought up this line of thinking. So right now, my son Jack is working on finishing Breath of the Wild, and he wants to one hundred percent. 
uh, Breath of the Wild on the Nintendo Switch. Have you have you, you haven't played that one? No, have I you? know about it, but yeah. I haven't played it. It's 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 amazing. It's a real like talk about open world games. This is an amazing open world game. You can literally do whatever you want. You could conceivably from the beginning. There's a certain point which is like kind of like the tutorial area where you learn how to do the different abilities and different things, and that takes a couple hours to get through that that area. But once you're done and you're into the wider world, you could literally go and fight Ganon there. Like that's the bad guy. You can just go. You'll get killed because you're not strong enough. You don't have the proper weapons. But the idea behind the um, behind the uh, game is that you could do that, or you can do all these other things. And there's side quests, and there's these shrines that you have to visit. And so um, it's something that Jack's really working towards. And he's like, and he says to me the other day, I don't know why I want to do this so much. I don't know why I want to 100% this game. It just seems like there's so much to do. Um, he just sees it as a challenge to actually go and find all these little hidden things and of course he's cheating a little bit he's looking online for some of the stuff but um but it's a really really good game i know you're you know you would have to buy a switch in order to to play it but and now they're talking about making a sequel to it uh, which i guess will be more of the same i don't know we'll see how that goes oh cool um for my recommendation this week i'm gonna also gonna recommend a, a video game that's also about killing <laughs> people it's called carrion carrion c-a-r-r-i-o-n um, which of course means like rotting meat, but this is a game about, it just came out on uh, July 23rd and it's about, um, uh, you play the monster. So it's what they call a reverse horror game in which you actually are the monster. You get to, uh, break out of the lab. You break out of this, like this little, you, you start the game by you're inside this capsule, like this laboratory kind of, um, container and you basically shake it around until you break out and then you kind of go through all the vents and you can, you, you can reach out with tendrils and grab the scientists and eat the scientists. And the more you eat, the bigger you get. Now, that being said, there are, at some point, they, of course, the humans want to fight back and they get guns. And if they shoot you, you lose body mass. And if you lose enough, you die. You can't die in the game. Uh, but it's really interesting and a lot of fun. There are points at which you can play the humans as well. But it's more like you're the you're the monster watching the humans to see what they're doing. And you can kind of figure out the whole goal of the game is to get out of this this air this this kind of deep underground bunker scientific lab area and to get it out to the world and it's just a lot of fun you can get it on um anybody who's got an xbox game pass it's included in the xbox game pass but it's also available on switch or playstation or wherever you or even steam wherever you get your uh, games and it's not very expensive either it's a really fun game probably takes about three hours to finish it all together but it's still it's, a, it's still great it's still a lot of fun so carrion awesome will be my recommendation for the week all right there you go we did it we did it we talked about the exact same conversation again, but differently. We differently, and yeah. And and <laughs> I have had, I, and I continue to monitor. I'm sure it looked rude the whole time, but I was staring at the audio. What are they called? The waveforms. Wave yes, yes. I was staring at the waveforms, and they continue to light up with the dulcet tones of my voice. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Media Nerds. I'm Dan Vadabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the door hit you on the ass. Bye.